Hello, everyone. This is John with Catholic for Rednecks. Thank you for dropping by the podcast. I have a real special guest tonight, and uh, I'll just let you try to figure out who it is. You may have seen her on TV or heard on the radio. Have you ever been on TV? Yeah. You have been on TV? Yeah. Where at? Uh, let's see. We had an interview with Channel 6, I think. Oh, okay. That's right. She's been on TV. She's been on the radio. The radio in Africa. In Africa. And you've been on TV here with yeah. our friends over there. Uh-huh. So, uh, anyhow, her name is Connie, except it's not C-O-N-N-I-E. It's... C-O-N-I. How'd you get a name like that? Uh, Constance was my given name, and that combined with my maiden name of Thompson was so long for me to learn as a kindergartner, they shortened it to C-O-N-I. Well, like that. It's very unique. And I understand you were sort of raised Catholic? Yes, cradle Catholic. You were raised a cradle Catholic? Is that like a denomination or something, cradle? No, it just means I was born into the faith. I know, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. My granddaughter, when she was a few days old, they baptized her Catholic. And all Catholics believe that when we are born, that we are born with something called original sin, and that that original sin must be washed away. So the priest will baptize the baby as soon as possible to remove the sin of Adam. And uh, then when the baby gets older, they can make a decision for themselves. So that's what you mean, right? Mm -hmm. And so you kind of wandered away from the Catholic Church, not intentionally, but just growing up. Yeah. So my dad was a Baptist and my mother was Catholic, mm-hmm. and they got married, and there was a lot of conflict in the family because on my dad's side, there was some prejudice against Italians first and Catholics, and so they weren't real thrilled. So you're Italian? Well, yes. I'm and- probably very, very, what I don't even know what percentage I would be. I think our... Our DNA's coming back as different things, so. Well, we're all made of different things, I guess. I had my DNA done, and I was in, I was surprised what all I was. I'm a Heinz 57. <laughs> my um, great-grandparents were from Sicily. Right. So Italian heritage, and they're Catholic, and your mama goes and marries mm-hmm. a redneck. Right, and so I guess... When they were a young couple and had toddlers, they kind of drifted away. They were going to the Catholic Church, and my dad never converted, but he they were allowed to be married Catholic. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I ended up pretty much as a young person going to church, going to Mass by myself, and my uncle had a produce stand across the street from the church, and after Mass... I would go over there and wait for one of my parents to pick me up. And so when I got to be about 15 or 16, well, it was 16 because I was working a job where I met some kids who were uh, Protestants. I don't know what denomination they were, 
but they would always have a lot of fun and go out and stuff. And I guess I just felt kind of isolated and alone because I was the only one really in my family that was attending Mass at the time. Now, my grandparents and all were very faithful. Were they at Mass or did you have to sit by yourself? I would usually just sit by myself. Um, well, that's sad. 16-year-old Italian girl. <laughs> you know, though, I see that at Mass. I try to get my single friends to come to church with me, and I don't think that's a bad reason to go. But I remember going to, when I used to go to St. Mark's, in um, Birmingham, it was used to be an Italian, uh, Italian immigrants founded the church, and it was just loaded with Italian girls. I'm like, dudes, come to, come to the mass, check out the mass. So you wandered off, and how long did you wander away for? Oh, years and years. Yeah, <laughs> but I always missed it. I loved being Catholic, and when I went through confirmation as a teenager, they sent us up to Sacred Heart. Um, to be for the weekend to go through all of our training and stuff. And um, I just remember being overwhelmed with the thought of how I would love to have been a nun. Wow. I think, um, yeah. My mother had gone to school at Sacred Heart. So you went to confirmation classes and you were 16. I thought you were supposed to go to those when you were younger. I was younger. I was younger when mm -hmm. that happened, yeah. Okay, and so what kind of church did you end up going to? Um, it was uh, Assembly of God. Yeah, Pentecostal. Uh huh. And uh, what? Why did you go to the that particular church? Um, my whole family was going there. The um, there was a couple of my aunts, and I had some cousins, and one cousin in particular. She was um. Married to uh, a Marine, and they were over in Hawaii, I think. And um, she got filled with the Holy Spirit and started speaking in tongues. And that intrigued me. That, you know, like a tangible spiritual experience or whatever you want to call it. And, uh, and even my aunt, my aunt and uncle on my father's side had started going to the Assembly of God there. And... Um, so there was a lot of family. Your aunt and uncle on your father's side? Yeah, they were going to Huffman Assembly of God. Oh, okay. So you went there, and um, how long were you away from the Catholic Church altogether, do you suppose? Oh, gosh. I mean, I married you. And... Oh, you gave it away. Oh. You blew it. <laughs> yes, this is my wife, Connie. And she just blew the whole interview. Oh, but that's sorry. okay. It makes it a lot easier. <laughs> so uh, that's how I met her. My wife, sort of, I met her running around with my church friends. I met her while she was at work at Wendy's. And when I started dating her, I was Southern Baptist. I started going to that church, and I met all her family. Mm -hmm. And it was a either Assembly of God or Church of God Pentecostal, and it was pretty wild yeah. compared to what I was used to. As a matter of fact, I would get so scared I'd leave yeah. because not to make fun of them, but they were running around yelling in tongues and falling out in the spirit, slain in the spirit, and the it's, I I didn't know what was going on. It, uh, it kind of scared me. 
and because I was raised Baptist. Right. But I noticed a lot of my friends that were Baptists were going to those kinds of churches, and you, you mentioned it's because you felt something. Yeah, it was a, a fleshly response, I think, to my, you know, what I was feeling internally. Um, and I can't discount anybody's experience because I, I, I too felt something there. So, but you know, it, it seems like we all have a path. There's a lot of roads in our, you know, spiritual walk with God. And I think you go in and out of certain places, but it's all a part of a design to get you to where you need to be. So I was away from the Catholic church then. And then, you know, sometimes as young, young couples, you kind of get to where you're, you know, you need to be in church. You got kids, it's difficult. And so I think for a while it was hit or miss going to church, not mass, but church. And then, um, went through a, you know, a, more, well, just let me years. explain the timeline. Yeah. She has gone for 30 freaking years. 30 <laughs> freaking years. Okay? Yeah, it's so terrible. fast forward from the time you're a teenager going to Catholic church, you start going to the Pentecostal church with your family, yeah. you get married, blah, 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 raising your family. Then it's all the way to about 2013. Yeah. 30 years away from the Catholic Church. Did you ever miss it? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I really missed it. Um, and then... Well, what did you miss about it? I missed the sacraments. I missed um, the majesty of the Mass itself, how how beautiful it is. And, um, you know, just going into Mass today, I was thinking about this. I was looking outside would go to uh, St. Paul's Cathedral and looking at how beautiful the church is. And as a Protestant, you know, it was all about, well, we don't need big buildings, you know, we've got the Holy Ghost, and so we're just fine like this in this building. But to look at the church and to look inside the cathedral and all the stained glass and the altar and the crucifix the whole thing is just a constant visual of God and trying to reach towards God and holiness, I think. And so I just love it. And I, I did. I missed it terribly and didn't realize it until my grandmother was dying. She was very special to me and she was on hospice and I was actually working for a hospice. And so we got her set up in the a uh, priest came out, and in my mind, it was still the old way of saying last rites. You know, he had uh, given her the sacrament of the sick and um, gave, you know, gave communion, all of that. And I just remember thinking, how wonderful is that, that she has got a peace when well, she now, dies. I'm sorry for interrupting, but didn't you go with her to Mass a few times? I did. Uh, before she passed? I did. Mm -hmm. And did you... Just like pick up where you left off. It's amazing how, yeah, the way you train a child, you know, when they get older, they'll go back to that training. I, yeah, it's amazing. I mean, I just remembered all the prayers. I remembered pretty much everything. There were some things that had changed um, mm -hmm. since I'd been there. Do you um, remember in March 
of 2013, what you did on Ash Wednesday. You made yeah. a phone call. Yeah, I called you. I was coming home from work, and I told you that I was going to go get my ashes. And you said, okay, I'll go with you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I said, well, I'm going to my church. And I meant the Catholic church down the road. And um, I think that was the first time you'd ever been to a service, maybe? Yeah. I'd, I'd never been to a Mass. Now, I walked into a Mass that was in progress once when I was about three sheets in the wind in the Marine Corps. I was walking around half drunk in Italy, and I was drawn to a, a Catholic church. And I walked in the side door by accident. Yeah, I didn't know how to get in there. And I remember all the people standing there. They were standing and going to kneel. Mm -hmm. And I remember the music, and I remember about 40 people looking at me like I was a ghost. So I, I exited but, yeah, the first Mass I ever went to to attend was with you, mm -hmm. Ash Wednesday, 2013. I was scared to death. Mm -hmm. I was as scared then as I was going to the tongue-talking church. <laughs> Except there wasn't nothing crazy going on. Yeah, I think I think you came away from it. You, The um, priest that um, gave the homily and all, he was... I think he connected with you somehow. Yeah. His story really connected with you. Well, what connected with me was it wasn't anything like I thought it was going to be. Because I was on yeah. full alert. And I did ask you a question during the Mass. Do you remember what question I asked you? No, I don't. I leaned over and I said, why do y'all call the priest father yeah. when Jesus said, call no man father? And what did you tell me? I don't remember. <laughs> you don't remember because you didn't freaking know. You had no clue. You said, I don't know. Yeah. And then the next thing I leaned over to you during his homily, mm -hmm. and that's a Catholic word for sermon. You know why they're not called sermons, don't you? Uh-uh. Because they're too short to be a sermon. Oh. You know, Baptist, Pentecost, they'll preach all day long. Yeah. But they're usually, concise, yeah. yeah. Usually a homily is more, to me, it's more of a, devotional about the scriptures that you just read. And it was Pastor Jim, who's mm -hmm. passed away since since then. And somehow, I don't remember this sermon, but he tied Ash Wednesday in with the New York Yankees. And a funeral. And funeral and not being able to take things with you to ashes to ashes, you know, dust to dust, you return. Mm -hmm. And he tied it in with, baseball and a funeral and the New York Yankees and it just made sense to me and I leaned over and what did I say? Do you remember? No. Oh God, <laughs> you got early dementia setting in. I said, I like this. Yeah. And then I said, if we weren't members of the Presbyterian Church, I'd keep going here. Yeah. But uh, go ahead. I had just... Joined the Presbyterian That church. Sunday. You joined Sunday. <laughs> and I never went back. And never went back. Uh-uh. And then, so keep on going. Yeah. Then what happened? Well, yeah, there was so much about my faith as a Catholic that I did not fully know because I had never been to Catholic school. And, you know, we had these brief classes. Can I tell you something? Uh -huh. You didn't know nothing. I know. I didn't know. I've never in my life met a more ignorant 
Catholic that didn't have a clue. You know, you tried to get me to go take communion, uh-huh. which is absolutely a no-no yeah, yeah. if you're not Catholic, and there's a reason behind that. And you told me to come forward, and you were doing all these hand signals, and you know the squiggly one when they read the uh-huh. gospel where you do your forehead, your lips, and your heart. Uh-huh. I was like, what in the world are you doing? And you was doing the Nicene Creed and all these prayers and stuff, and I was like looking at you like you were from outer space. A different person. <laughs> yeah, I was like, how do you know how to say all this stuff? Because I didn't know what to do. Everybody would stand up, and I'd be the last one to stand up, and y'all get on your knees, you know, on the kneelers, and I wouldn't kneel. I was too proud. I ain't kneeling. No. You know, can I interrupt yeah. you? Something that struck me funny at Mass today, and, and I really encourage people as a visitor to think about this, What's wrong with kneeling? You may not be Catholic, and you may not be able to receive communion, but what's wrong with kneeling with everyone else in prayer at the service because you're a believer? I can tell you my perspective. What is it? My perspective was I ain't kneeling this damn cult. That was my perspective. I looked at the Catholic Church as nothing but a pagan cult, and to kneel before pagans, uh, that's the way I felt. I wasn't going to me. Kneeling was agreeing, submitting to. It, well, it was agreeing, and yeah. you know, I'm thinking about Mary and the Pope and all this all stuff. Things you don't know and don't and, believe. And I didn't even know why everybody was kneeling when they went to go sit down in their pew. I didn't know why they were doing that. You mean doing the gen, genuflect? Yeah, genuflect. Yeah. When you walk in, find a pew, you kneel, and you do a sign across, and you go sit down. I didn't know what that was about, and you were trying to tell me to go get communion. Well, you're kneeling you're kneeling in honor of Jesus up there on the cross. No, you're not. I think so. No, you're kneeling because Jesus is there in the Eucharist. Well, the I know King. that. That's what I mean, not just up there on the cross. I mean, that's yes, that's exactly what I mean. You need to listen to a few of my episodes and <laughs> tune up. But anyhow, the, the Catholic Church believes that Jesus is bodily, soul, that he's really there in the Eucharist, and they store the Eucharist in the tabernacle, usually located right under the crucifix. Mm-hmm. And for Catholics, this Jesus might as well, well be... when the light, the red light is mm-hmm. hot, when the candle's not lit, what does it mean? That means that there's no Jesus in the tabernacle, mm-hmm. and we don't do that, mm-hmm. yeah. okay? Like on Good Friday or mm-hmm. whatever, mm-hmm. and the little door to the tabernacle will be open and and the red light, that's the only time though. All the other times during the year, you walk in that red candle lights, you know that Jesus is at home Mm -hmm. physically. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like on the Wizard of Oz, when when they went to go see the wizard, they were all, you know, facing the wizard, but they were scared and all. Mm -hmm. But wait, now that's in the Roman rite, we kneel. Mm -hmm. Um, Other rites and cultures will bow Mm-hmm. And or some of them are bowing, touch the ground with their hands. But go ahead. So you're well, back in mass, and so what now? Um, you're talking about my, the the story. Yeah, I mean, did you did you? Why did you decide to just keep going back to mass? What was it that drew you in? There's nothing like receiving the body of Christ that's been, you know, people say, um, 
that they don't believe that, that when the priest takes earthly elements and he prays over them and then God does something supernatural with those elements and it becomes the body and blood of Christ, you know, I, I truly do believe that. And people find that a hard concept to why, understand sometimes. Why is it so hard to believe that? They don't have any problem with a man and woman Becoming one, one right. during a marriage ceremony right. or a person being made into a new creation just by saying a prayer? I don't know. I don't know why people have a hard time with it, but it's one of the things that'll hold them up for sure. I know why. It's called not believing Jesus. <laughs> Jesus he himself. Said, yeah, he said, this is my body and this is my blood. Well, I I don't think it's that they don't believe Jesus. I think they know if they believe that, that's a Catholic thing. Yeah. Because I, I know this as a Protestant, and I know that most Protestants don't consider themselves Protestants. Most believers that are not Catholics just think that they're believers or Christians. But I know me, I knew that was a Catholic thing. Mm-hmm. And to believe that that was really Jesus would mean the Catholics were right. Mm-hmm. So there are certain things that if I admitted that the Catholics were right about, mm-hmm. then I ain't got no reason not to be Catholic. But you saw it yourself years before we yeah. actually went back to the Catholic Church or went to the Catholic Church. You saw it yourself by reading early church writings. And yeah. they all pointed towards... Catholicism and the origins of the church. Well, about it, I was real confused because we were going to the name it, claim it church. Mm-hmm. You know, seed time and harvest, prosperity, Joel Osteen, Kenneth Copeland, Joyce Meyer, Benny Hinn, Creflo Dollar, Kenneth Hagen, Oral Roberts was going to those kind of churches. And, you know, there's not really much teaching that explains straight up what they preach. There's there's a verse here and there that um, says things, but the way they can turn two verses into uh, 40 years of preaching, I didn't know how the early church taught about these things. Well, and that's something too, another thing, is there is, there is um, definitely a strong, everybody across the earth is saying the same Mass on the same day. You know, we're all, except for time changes, we're all on one page. And that really stuck out to me in returning back to the Catholic Church was how there's so much um, oversight. There's so much history. Structure. structure that's the word I'm looking for. There's so much structure to, to the service to the mass that you, you know, you read. There's readings from the... I I used to have Protestants say, my friends say, well, y'all don't even take a Bible to church. It's it's in the Missalette. We can take a Bible if we want to, but and we absolutely read our Bibles. My, you know, my grandmother was faithful, too, about reading her Bible every morning, you know, with the daily readings. But in mass, you're hearing the Bible... Faith comes by hearing, hearing, and you're hearing the Bible, and then you're also, 
you know, I was just sitting there this morning though. There was a, we had a blue um, a blue mass to mm-hmm. honor the first responders, the police department, and all. And we had the front row was full of uh, the chief of police. The chief was of there. police was there, and you know they were. Um, I don't know if they were captains and all there with him, but there was a whole row of people, and I was thinking, um, you know, I wonder what they think of this. But in in listening to it with my ears open to it as though I was not a Catholic, I didn't hear anything I disagreed with, I, you know, or that anyone would disagree with. I can't imagine saying the Our Father, the Lord's Prayer, and anybody saying, oh, that's repetitive, you're just doing, you know, repetitive prayers. Jesus said to, you know... When you pray. Yeah. It's, in, anyway, it's you just... You know, I had the same thought. You know what I thought when I was sitting there and I was looking at that row of police officers and I could tell they weren't Catholic because when we all stood, they sat and all that. They weren't being... They weren't being disrespectful. Right, they they, just don't know. You know, it's like going to, you know, well, anyhow, I remember thinking, you know, in the Catholic Mass, you see the gospel and you hear the gospel and you touch the gospel. All your senses... Or engaged because you're looking around at all these stained glass images of Jesus doing Jesus stuff. Yeah, and and that's you know having a statue of Mary and Joseph on each side. They are part of the family of Jesus. Why wouldn't we have photographs or? memorials to them. Why wouldn't we? We do it with our own loved ones. Right. You know, I've, I've got pictures of, you know, my grandparents and great-grandparents. And there's, I'm not, I'm not worshiping them, but mm-hmm. it's a, it's an honorable memory. Kind of like them. celebrating Father's Day and Mother's Day. Yes. There's nothing wrong with that. No. And all Christians do that or should right. celebrate and honor their parents I had another thought too. I was sitting there looking. Mary had um, the statue of Mary where the candles are. She had on a um, a gold heart. Did you notice that? Oh, the one on the left. Yeah. Did you notice that there was something? The gold. Uh, it was a chain, a gold chain, and a like a sacred heart right there. Or what is the word called? You talking about the um? Yeah. Like talking about the sacred heart. Or are you talking yeah, about? I'm talking about. Sorrowful. It's sorrowful heart. Sorrowful. Um, I know it's, it's on the tip of my tongue, but I, I remember looking. Yes, I do remember seeing it because I took a picture of, yeah, of her. Yeah, and you went up there and prayed. And I yeah. was thinking, okay, people are really hung up about Mary. And I don't understand that because she was the mother chosen, the woman that was chosen to bring forth God incarnate in the flesh, you know, mm-hmm. and by the power of the Holy Spirit, she conceived holy, holiness, you know, she conceived that, and it, I don't understand why people are so dismissive or quick to say, well, she was just a woman, no, she wasn't just a woman, she was the most blessed woman ever born on, born ever, you know, Yeah. I mean, think about it, they know now that uh, cells of a baby in in utero in the belly actually stay in the mama's 
system and in her brain, it can be 18 years after the baby's born that that substance is, remains the with DNA the mother. The DNA is yeah. still there. And, that, and that's why mothers, when they hear their baby cry or they... Sometimes mamas will have a sense about it. You know, I've had a sense about, well, you know, Lee's up to no good tonight. Something's going on. You know, I just mm -hmm. knew it. And I think it's because we're so close to our children. So if she carried God in her belly and then raised him as a toddler and a child all the way up until the time he died, mm -hmm. why would we not be so grateful to her and, and Joseph for taking care of this little baby that was born, mm -hmm. that was going to save mankind. It's called prejudice. It, but I don't understand it. I don't understand it. Well, I do. It. Okay. Just to be real, I was raised in the South in the 60s and 70s. Uh -huh. All I heard about black people was bad mm -hmm. all my life. Mm -hmm. That's all I heard. So you naturally tend to believe what everybody tells you growing up. So you have an unfounded fear mm -hmm. or a hesitancy or you're afraid of other people that's different because of things you've heard and you've never been around them. Then you start working and hanging out and being friends, and then you're like, man, you're just like me, mm -hmm. right? Now, I grew up hearing negative things about Catholics. Mm -hmm. And I heard preachers and people bash Catholics for worshiping Mary. And when you hear that stuff all your life in church, it builds up a prejudice. And it's hard to overcome sometimes. It took me a while of being Catholic to, to overcome that feeling because a lot of those people think that that Mary is trying to steal glory from Jesus, but Mary is the one that gave us Jesus, you know? And go ahead. I have found, working as a hospice nurse, that I've been at the bedside of many, many people who are dying, and I've watched their families and their grief over losing their parent, and just their parent much less their own, their mama, but to see grown men sobbing at the thought of losing their parent. And I'm thinking they're just, they're just regular, regular humans. They're not grieving over the death of God or, you know, they're grieving over their parent. How much more so should we honor that Jesus loves his mama a lot, you know, <laughs> as much as, more than anything, you know, to, I don't know. I just, you know I, what I did in high school? What? This kid, I ain't gonna say his name. He may be listening to this. <laughs> you never know. This kid made fun of my mama, says some kind of joke about my mama. This is in high school. And I, you know, in high school, I was a runt. I wasn't the big muscle bound. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was a runt in high school. And I just stood up, went over there. And I beat his head. I mean, I just started beating on him yeah. for talking bad about my mother. It made me mad. So can you imagine how Jesus feels when when we dishonor his mom? You're not getting no brownie points with Jesus no. bad-mouthing his mama. No. I can promise you that. They may think, you know, this guy told me, he said, 
God shares his glory with no one. I said, bullcrap, Jesus said in, in John chapter 17 that he wanted to share his glory, that he wanted us to see his glory, and he wanted to share it with us. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he has. Yeah. So you came back to Catholic Church, mm-hmm. and you hadn't been to confession in a, in a minute. <laughs> so how was that? Uh, it was interesting. I went in and started confessing things from the time I married you. And uh, he said, oh, we won't go back that far. <laughs> so, yeah, he was very he was very gracious to me, the priest was. so. Well, that priest, Father Joe, he's probably the best priest you could ever go to confession he's, with. He's very graceful in what he does as a priest. Mm-hmm. I love watching him. And uh, I don't know. I just seem to irritate him <laughs> to no end. <laughs> I think it's kind of like a sisterly, brotherly yeah. irritation, though. So um, then I decided to become Catholic. Yeah. Because when I started going to Mass, I was so mesmerized and intrigued with it. And I think I had been my whole life because anytime I was in some big city and saw a cathedral, I, I wanted to go in there. Yeah. Why? Because they're beautiful. Because they're, they're a beautiful expression of our love for God and trying to attain reaching towards holiness. Do you know yeah. what attracted me to you when I first saw you? No. Your physical appearance. Yeah. Your beauty, yeah. your hair, that. your figure, all of that. I didn't see you for the first time and think, oh, what an intellectual conversation. <laughs> that You know, I, di- I didn't think about anything. It was the visual. Yeah, I saw the visual, right. and when I saw the visual, I felt an attraction. Mm-hmm. And it's like God uses the beauty of the Catholic Church to attract people. I read a comment the other day. Um, I think it was on one of my YouTubes. I do have a YouTube channel, Catholic for Rednecks. And someone said, that they were worried about them going to mass because they would be seduced by the beauty and led astray. So have you been led astray? No. Do you worship the Pope? No, I, I honor the Pope. He's he's the fa- Holy Father. You know, he's, he's there to guide the church and keep us on track. Not everybody agrees with every single thing that he says, but I have to believe that Jesus knows what he's doing and that when he said the gates of hell shall not prevail against my church, that nothing's going to happen to his church. And it hasn't because there's been some popes that didn't say everything right. They were flat out wicked sometimes. They weren't doing the right things. But somehow, here we are. You know? Yeah, Israel had a bunch of wicked kings too, didn't yeah. they? but they're still yeah. God's people. Yeah. Um, so what's your very favorite thing about going to Mass? Uh, the Eucharist communion. Mm-hmm. Very favorite thing. It all focuses and points toward that moment that we get to go forward and receive the body of Christ. You know something I've noticed about you? What? I noticed all through our marriage there were times that we would lay out a church for weeks at a time, maybe a year or two, or whatever, not that we didn't have any kind of relationship with God, but since we've become Catholic, you don't ever miss. I mean, maybe if you're wore out or having to take care of 
somebody's sick. You just, even when I was working night shift a couple of years ago when I worked at EWTN, you would go alone. Mm -hmm. I never saw you do that um, before you started becoming Catholic. You know what else? Go ahead. Uh, who would who wouldn't who would want to miss that? Mm -hmm. You know, if you truly believe that you are taking the body of Christ and that you're com you're in uh, communion with Him at that moment, and that you believe all that that will do to help you be a better person, to live a holy life, to try to to have successes at doing it, because it's not easy you know, to try to live holy. But there's so much grace there that you receive. Yeah, it's it's to me it's the best it's the best hour of the week. It is. And I love going, I especially love going with my family and all. Tell me about a little bit. We just got a couple minutes. Tell me what special devotions you have or things that you do to help you with your faith. Well, I got a, you bought me a book of prayers and um, the it goes through all the prayers that we should know. And then it goes through, um, you bought me a book, a novena book, and um, it's got special devotions in those to the saints, depending on what they're the saint of. And um, so why I, would you pray to a saint? Because they have, they have experienced something and they were able to live through that, and they're they're they've got I don't know what it's called like special anointings for certain things. Mm -hmm. um, and so, when you pray to it, when you ask a saint, when you pray to a saint, and you're asking them to intercede for you and please, you know, help me in this situation, then they do. Where, where do people that are not Catholic get the crazy idea they can't hear us? I don't know. I, I don't know if it's, you know, burying somebody and they think that on the the resurrections when, you know, I don't know. But what, yet, but God the, buried Moses, mm -hmm. but there's Moses talking to Jesus on the Mount Transfiguration. Yeah. Um, we read in Revelations about the saints and angels carrying our prayers. Yeah. To the Lord, um, when the Pharisees, the Sadducees were talking about Jesus, and he said, uh, that the, the uh, what do you say about the, uh, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Moses. Mm -hmm. I'm not the God of the dead, but of the living. You go over to Hebrews, it talks about the great cloud of witnesses. You go to either Luke or it's Luke 16 or 17, where you see poor Lazarus going down there yeah. and Father Abraham and yeah. and uh, he's talking about his family on the earth. You know, the rich man is talking about his five brothers on earth and he's interceding for them from hell, yeah. <laughs> let and alone heaven. I know, and and how we're all one body on, on earth and in heaven, how we're all one family, you know. We, you know what I ask them? What? I have people on my... YouTube channel say Mary's dead. She can't hear your prayers. And I say, have you been dead before? <laughs> well, how the hell do you know she can't hear your prayers? Well, I will tell you that um, things happen. Prayers get answered. I recently had an opportunity. I needed some ideas about what my career path needed to be. 
And you know, St. Joseph is, he was a carpenter, he labored, he also took care of his family and the baby, Jesus, and kept everybody safe. And so he's looked at as, you know, um, the patron saint over uh, laborers, over people who work. And real estate. Yeah, and yes. And um, so I prayed a novena to him, asking him to help me and to give me clarity, you know, help me have some clarity about where what I need to do. And to, I also said, please pray that doors will be shut and doors will be open so I will not miss where I need to be. And I mean, that very day that I started that novena, which means nine, right? Mm-hmm. And so I had determined myself that I was going to pray prayers three times a day at specific times, and then I was going to do it for nine days. And I ended up doing it longer than that, actually. But the very day I started it, I got a phone call Hmm. about a position open that I wasn't even looking for. And it's amazing. It's just wonderful. Yeah, I like it. Before we go to bed, you... You'll say, I got to do my prayers. Yeah. I think it's really sweet. And I see a big difference in you uh, being Catholic. And it's just real sweet, your devotion and all. So, anyhow, I was going to try to keep it a secret that we're sleeping I'm together. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Actually, we're laying in bed with the lights out. And I did one called Pillow Talk a few episodes ago where you didn't know that I was recording it. And uh, I started talking about Catholic stuff and you're talking and all, and then I posted it. And it got a lot of views. I got, got a lot of listens. Okay. Well, um, Connie, I really appreciate you being on the podcast. Well, thank you for the opportunity to talk to everybody. I'm sorry for interrupting you so much. It's what we do. Yeah, you're Italian. <laughs> I have to fight for when I can get a word in, but uh, anyhow, I'd just like to tell everyone that I appreciate you coming by the Born Cast, that's what I call it, the Born Cast, and there's a little tab there where you can actually donate, and I am very, very much not afraid to ask you to donate, because this is what I love to do, and it's a lot of work, and I mean... It's reaching a lot of people. What it does, this this is a new podcast, and it's just growing. It's already reached thousands. and It's a way for people who don't do what you're doing, reaching out and, you know, promoting the faith and helping. It's a way for them to have a part in that. Yeah, because if they help me, I mean, I got friends. If they help you, they're doing the works. I got friends that are very shy that want to... Uh, proclaim the gospel. They want to tell everybody about the Lord and the church and all that, but they either don't know how or they're scared or it seems like they don't have any open doors. Well, you know, that movie Tombstone, mm-hmm. I'm your Huckleberry. I, I ain't got no reservations. We're getting on here or YouTube no. or, or TikTok or Facebook and just blasting it 24 and 7. So I'll do it for you, but I'll take I'll take every dime possible because I want to do this all the time. I, I do want to do this, and so there's a little support tab if you want to support the podcast. Um, I would appreciate it. And there's a guy named Michael. I don't I don't 
know how to pronounce your last name, but you were the very first donor supporter, partner of Catholic for Rednecks ever <laughs> in the history of Catholic for Rednecks. And I sure do appreciate it. And we'll see you guys next time.